Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style so they stay frostbitten. You're now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome to Cool Radio. What we doing? Greetings to all my cool cats and kittens once again. You're now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, GM Cool, and welcome to Cool Radio. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! You already know. You better tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to the airwaves of CFREradio.com. Um, make sure that you remember to subscribe to us on YouTube, on SoundCloud, and follow us on Twitter as well. I'll give you all those details later on in the show. Mm, excuse me. Wow. But before we get to all that, it's time for my weekly grievances. It's time for me to uh, air some stuff out. So with that being said, I think it's time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Indeed, 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 it's time to let that ish breathe, indeed. Um, I was watching a video clip from the Young Turks, a very popular YouTube channel. Uh, Shout out to the Young Turks. Um, basically, they were discussing, you know, about how some people feel entitled um, because they have a college or university degree, basically. Entitled in the sense of whom they choose to date, whether it's a man or a woman, having that sense of entitlement. And I couldn't disagree more because I feel like I've come across a lot of people who have had that sense of entitlement for quite some time now. Ever since I, you know, attended college myself, uh, as well as university, I've kind of noticed that some certain people have a certain arrogance about themselves because either they're currently in college or uni or they've graduated. Now, here's the thing that kind of upsets me due to that. Sure, you could have, you know, certain a certain list of expectations or possibly, you know, you could have a list of preferences. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. But when those lists of preferences and expectations kind of turn into some form of elitism, for example, that's where I kind of have an issue, uh, mainly because of the fact that. There are a lot of people, especially in this generation, the millennial generation, who have their college and university degrees, but for the most part, aren't in their field. They're still working, you know, a full time nine to five, or they may be working part time, or they may be working, maybe working se- uh, several jobs in order to pay off whatever student debt that they have, or whatever the case may be. And even though they may have a degree in psychology or law or journalism, whatever the case may be. They, some of these people, whether it's a male or female, feel that they have the right to pick and choose who they get to date based on their academic qualifications. Now, be that as it may, that shouldn't entitle you to who you can and cannot date. The only thing a degree entitles you to or should entitle you to at the very least is a job in your field. But that isn't even a guaranteed thing anymore in this day and age. So for that to be used as some sort of way to kind of put yourself on the pedestal saying that you only deserve the best, it's 
it's a little it's a little pretentious to say the least because there there seems to be this stereotype or this notion that if you don't have a college university degree it means that you're not intelligent there are plenty of reasons as to why there are people who chose not to go to uh, uni or college hell they didn't even have a choice in the matter they just couldn't maybe because they weren't eligible for osap they weren't eligible at all because they didn't have the funds to do so i mean there's a lot of circumstances that prevent people from pursuing post-secondary education now granted we are in north america and there's a lot more opportunity to pursue such endeavors but again everyone has their reasons for not attending that does not mean that their iq is lower than a grape i have met plenty of people who although they have their university or college qualifications they're very smart they're very intelligent they're very book smart but when it comes to people smart, interacting with others, that's where their intellect kind of takes a nosedive because they feel as if because they're more educated than the other person, they have a leg up on them and they get to use their intelligence that they uh, adopted from their post-secondary studies as a way to demean someone. And to me, that's very elite, sorry, it's very elitist. It's very pretentious of them to do so. And that does not make them a better person, nor does it give them the right to have them choose um, who they feel they get to date. So I'm not really down with that. Um, I feel like you can date whoever you want to date based on, you know, their personal qualities. Like, what do you like about them? What are their hobbies? Do they match yours? Do you guys have similar interests? Those are the types of things that should kind of determine whether or not, you know, two people are compatible. Now, as far as finances and stuff like that, that's where you kind of get into the particulars. Um, for me personally, I'm not going to base who I date solely on whether they have a college or university degree. If they just have ambition and they're working towards something that's meaningful to them in their life, that's all I need personally. So someone could be, let's say, I don't know, just a photographer, for example, but they didn't learn the, uh, the, um, the fundamentals in school. But they happen to be very talented. They have their own business within photography. They make plenty of money. Um, it could be a side hustle or it could be the main hustle. Whatever the case may be, they're working towards something. That with a mixture of a good, good personality, something to offer to in a conversation is all I personally lead. And I think we, as a society, we get too picky because we always base our needs on what media tells us. And ironically enough, I'm telling this to people based on the fact that I'm in the media myself. But nonetheless, I feel like media just dictate a lot of these things. And I don't feel as we need media to tell us, hey, this is what you should choose as far as a mate is concerned. But that's just my opinion. What do you guys think? Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool or cool underscore radio and let me know what you think on the matter. Coming up on the uh, on the hour, we have a lot to discuss in regards to Drake and Meek Mill. Now, we all thought the beef was done because Drake totally roasted him, especially on back to back. But there are more details about this beef that are kind of making things a bit interesting. It gives us a little more insight into how this was all started in the first place. So we're going to get to that. But before we do, you guys already know how I love to bless y'all with some Canadian content. And this week is an exception. This one comes from my man, Danio, featuring Maestro Fresh West with Worldwide Vapors. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. I'll be right back after these messages. Yeah.
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is the man DM Cool, and welcome back to Cool Radio. Now, as promised, we have this uh, Drake Meek Mill story to get to. Um, so this story I caught wind of today, actually, and it's basically just shedding light on how the origins of this beef took place initially. So from face value, we know that it was Meek who started with with the Twitter rant and what have you. And of course, the Twitter rant involved details of the whole Quentin Miller ghostwriting situation and what have you. But we don't know where exactly those reference tracks came from. And basically, Drake sheds a little bit of light as to how it came about. Um, now, via in, uh, an article from Complex Magazine, actually, uh, they are basically detailing the entire situation. Now, as you all know, Drake and Future came out with a collaborative project entitled What a Time to Be Alive. And one of the tracks on that record is entitled 30 for 30. And he drops a little uh, subliminal gems on that track. And it goes as followed. When the higher ups have all come together as a collective with conspiracies to end my run and sending me a message. So basically, he's implying that there's someone higher up who pretty much sent out Meek Mill as a shooter to try and take down Drake. Uh, with using the Quentin Miller reference track as ammo for that. So the only problem that we're trying to figure out right now is who? It is allegedly the DJ himself, DJ Drama, the uh, host of the Gangsta Grill series mixtapes. Now, here's where things get a little bit interesting. So you're probably wondering, what does you know DJ Drama have to do with Drake? Keep in mind that DJ Drama is a Philadelphia native, same as Meek Mill. So pretty much the whole Philly connection is, you know, precedent or holds precedent rather uh, in all of this. But nonetheless, there has to be some sort of rhyme or reason as to why or how uh, DJ Drama is involved with this. Well, it is alleged that Drake's latest solo project, if you're reading this, it's too late, was supposed to be a Gangster Grills mixtape. However, Drake, as we already know, released that as an album on iTunes earlier this year, back in February, and that wasn't much to the liking of DJ Drama. So, in a series of tweets uh, from a user by the name of, and I, I swear to God, the user's name is um, at... I don't wear condoms, said the following in a series of tweets. <clears throat> and I quote, it was Meek, sorry, so you saying N-words had the anti-Justice League to get, out, to get Drake out of here, and then he responds by saying, it was Meek and Drama and Flex for sure. Drama was mad because if you're reading this, It's Too Late was supposed to be a mixtape hosted by him. Drake instead released it as an album, which is why... Drama had the reference tracks for 10 bands and Know Yourself. Drama, mad that Drake didn't work with him, gave Meek the tracks as a way to get back at Drake. Meek then spread the word about Quentin having those tracks and a Rico one. Drama acted like Meek betrayed him. Knowing damn well what Meek was going to do with the tracks left Meek out there to get smoked alone when low-key Drama was the mastermind. He threw Meek under the bus with tweets. And then he finally says... Drama tried to make it look like he ain't know Meek was going to do that, but why else would you give him another rapper's reference tracks? So, there could be some validity to all this. Mind you, I'm not sure who this three-god person is. That's his username on Twitter. Twitter handle, I don't wear condoms. 
okay. <laughs> next thing you know, next thing you know, your name should be, you know, I'm burning down there. But hey, that's none of my business. Give me one second. Add a sip some tea to that. But nonetheless, uh, never mind that. Basically, what this guy is saying is that pretty much drama gave Meek the ammo, but then when Meek used it and it kind of burned and crashed in his face, basically drama wiped his hands clean of it is what this person is alleging. And that could all very well be true because at the end of the day, how did anyone get a hold of those reference tracks in the first place? And that's just one take on it. So I'm not saying we should believe the story for face or for what it is based on what we've read and what I've orotated, but nonetheless, it's a strong talking point. And it kind of leads further into the narrative that there's somewhat of like a hierarchy within hip hop. And for what it's worth, it could be true. Um, it could be true that DJ Drama got salty off of the fact that, or off of the alleged fact, rather, that if you're reading this, it's too late, it was supposed to be a Gangsta Grills mixtape. But ironically enough, I remember a few years back where Drake said he wasn't really interested in doing a Gangsta Grills mixtape because of the fact that the majority of those mixtapes include artists rapping over other artists' beats, and that Drake wasn't a fan of that. However, if you're reading this, it's too late, was a, basically, it was um, nothing more than, it sounded like an original album for the most part, basically, um, with all original production and what have you, and a lot of people were alleging to the fact, or the possible fact, once again, that it was supposed to be a play, or a ploy, rather, to get out of his uh, contract with Cash Money Records. So, based on what's being said right now, based on what's being speculated, it's very interesting to see how this all comes about. And not only that, but there's more fuel that's being added to this fire. Um, so basically, again, within within the uh, the record What a Time to Be Alive, or the mixtape rather, Drake also name-dropped a certain person. So I'm going to read you the quote, and I'm going to tell you who that person was. <clears throat> and I quote, If you come here trying to take some, there's a lot more that came from, and it really ain't no thing. I got some pee in this thing. So he name dropped a woman by the name of Summer P. And for those of you who do not know, Summer P is the ex-girlfriend of DJ Drama. So ironically enough, there's a lot of drama happening right now. And it's very interesting to see where all of this goes. So I'm not sure what Summer P has to do with this, whether she knew about um, drama giving the reference tracks to Meek, if that is in fact the case. But it opens up a lot of doors as to how this beef got started in the first place. And it's very funny that it's the DJs who are getting so involved with this. Like Funk Flex, we already know he latches on to Dear Life for anyone who's relevant and he tries to suck their relevance out of them. Um, but nonetheless, it's very interesting to see that there are a lot of DJs who are getting involved. Well, not a lot, but there's a heavy presence of the DJ involved in this beef nonetheless. Um, the aftermath of this, you guys already know, Meek got smoked. His career is not dead. It's far from over. He's still making money. He's still making records. Drake, he's the king of hip-hop when it comes to the popularity factor of it all. Uh, and Drama, I guess he's just working on another Gangsta Grills mixtape. But it's definitely not going to be if you're reading this, it's too late. But what do you guys think about this beef? Uh, do you think that's how it started? Do you think that Drama needs to address this? Uh, or should we just kind of sweep it under, under the rug and keep it moving? Let me know what you think. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool. And let's talk about it. Um, coming up on the show, we have Trip Talk. So you already know how that goes. Three topics, three minutes each. But before we get to all that, we have more Canadian content to get to or 
Do we? Actually, yes, we do. I'm losing my mind right now. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this guy comes straight out of Saga. My man, Andrick Rose, featuring his boy, Toonie. And this one is called Me and Mine. And we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. You're now tuned into the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Um, So... Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Trip Talk. So three topics of three minutes. Oh, we might milk some extra time into them depending on how we do. But nonetheless, let's get this thing started, shall we? So first topic uh, on the list is Jay-Z. Now, the Brooklyn hip-hop mogul has celebrated a, a milestone of his own. So basically, title his streaming service that he has now purchased, which has been popular ever since the springtime, uh, has now reached one million. Now, he said that in a tweet, and the tweet goes as followed, and I quote, Nothing real can be threatened. Nothing unreal exists. Title is platinum. One million people and counting. Let's celebrate October 20th, Brooklyn. So, he doesn't specify what the one million meant. So, the one million could be one million subscribers, or it could mean one million users on the title service. But nonetheless, one million is a huge number. So, we got to clap up to Jay for that. Um, a very interesting fact about Title, um, when it was originated in the UK, it started off with about 600,000 um, subscribers, I believe, or just users, or whatever the case may be, like the, the metrics and what have you. So the fact that Jay-Z was able to take that platform, flip it, um, make it into more of a mainstream thing, and then now get a million subscribers out of it, you know, adding the 400,000 to it, is something to be amazed at. And I'm just going to assume that it's subscribers, because... Or like paid users, basically, because at the end of the day, like it seems very, you know, ambiguous just to say one million on a streaming service that you basically have to pay for. So let's just assume that it is 100 or that is one million uh, paid subscribers. So it's a good look on him. And it may, you know, raise an eyebrow to some of the competitors like Spotify, Apple Music or or whomever it may be. But definitely Jay-Z's making moves on the mogul scene like he always is. So congrats to him. Hats off to him. And yeah, support your artist. <laughs> Let's keep it moving, shall we? Um, so, this one's a little bit more interesting, I should say. Uh, Two chains made news, or not news, but like he made a little bit of headlines here and there, and it looked as though he was taking a shot at um, the hip hop series Empire. Now, as we all know, Empire is back for a second season. The second episode aired last night, um, and Two Chains had a few words for it during the airtime of the show, and basically he says this, and I quote. Y'all little show ain't it. Now, this seems very ambiguous because we don't know who he's talking to, basically. So it could be that he's talking to Empire, but he could be talking about any other program that's airing at that time. He aired and he put this tweet out at about 9.39 p.m. So, again, we don't know if he's talking about Empire or any other show for that matter. Um why would he take a shot at Empire? Maybe because he didn't make the list of artists that Lee Daniels wanted to have make a cameo appearance on? You never know. I'm not sure if they had any other interaction whatsoever, but at the end of the day, we don't really know if he's taking a shot at Empire, but many people are alleging that he is. I mean, I feel like it's the season of subliminals. You know, you have Drake, you know, slightly calling out DJ Drama and now this. Um, it's quite interesting to see, but nonetheless, we don't really know again, if he's talking about empire or not, it's a 
clear possibility that he could be. But again, there are plenty of other programs that are airing at that time frame. So again, we we don't know you know what the specifics and what the particulars are. So. It'll be interesting to see if there's anything that develops out of this. And it kind of feels like taking shots at Empire is kind of like the popular thing to do nowadays if you're not part of the bandwagon, so to speak. With 50, I can understand because 50 has been hip-hop's resident bully for X amount of years. And also because of the fact that many people often draw parallels between Empire and his own series, Power, which just got an extra two years on Stars. So congrats to 50 on that. Um, But yeah, I feel like because Empire is on top as far as the mainstream is, is concerned, people want to kind of throw rocks at the throne, so to speak. So it'll be interesting to see if there is going to be anyone from the show that responds to it, whether it's Lee Daniels, whether it's Taraji B. Henson, as she already has on camera. Um, it's very interesting to, to see, though. But again, we'll see how all of this develops. And finally, on Trip Talk. I know we're moving pretty fast in the show, so bear with me. Uh, Nas, this is a very, very big announcement right here, actually. Nas was awarded uh, with a, with an achievement from Harvard University. And per article from HipHopDX.com, uh, Nas was honored with the W.E.B. Du Bois Medal during a ceremony at Harvard University. Nas was the first rapper to receive the historic award for his contributions to culture, human rights, and the arts central to the African and African-American community. And then with a quote from Nas, he says the following. Historic night for the rap game. At the, Hutch- at the Hutchins Center Honors for the W.E.B. Du Bois Medal Ceremony, this is a first for the rap game to receive this award, but definitely not the last. Thank you. So I couldn't have said it any better. I mean, this is huge for hip-hop. I mean, we're known for... You know, being partners with a sports team or opening like us or like a club or something like that. But as far as education is concerned, I feel like that's where hip hop kind of takes a bad rap because there are so many rappers who brag about how they didn't finish uh, their GED or they didn't go to college or university and they're making all this money. And it kind of gives off the wrong impression to to the youth of today. So the fact that Nas is able to uh, be awarded by such a prestigious institutions such as Harvard for this type of award is monumental and I hope that there will be more rappers and more uh, people who are within the hip-hop culture who will kind of follow in that footsteps so to speak and again it's a a huge move it's definitely a huge move it should also be noted that um, hip-hop or that uh, Nas was given uh, his own fellowship award in 2013 it was entitled the Nasir Jones Hip Hop Fellowship. And the fellowship provides selected uh, scholars and artists with an opportunity to show that education is real power as it builds upon the achievements of those who demonstrate exceptional capacity for productive scholarship and exceptional creative ability in the arts in connection with hip hop. So it's good to see that hip hop as a culture is evolving. You know, it's not just we're going to give you endorsements for sneakers and whatever material items, but we're actually going to award your creative efforts by giving you a scholarship in a similar fashion to that of sports, science, medicine, and things of that nature. So I feel like it's a very great look that they used Nas's name for that fellowship award, which was established two years ago, and I hope they continue it along as time progresses. So once again, a good look from the boy Nasty Nas. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for that Throwback Thursday track of the day. So with that being said, I think it's time we play that drop just like this. Let's hit it, people.
Absolutely. Now, you know, speaking of Nas, this next artist that we're about to play uh, was pretty much a standard bearer for Nas and a lot of people who kind of followed uh, this person's footsteps as far as the style of their rap and what have you. This guy is known as the God MC, and he is one of the forefathers of hip-hop. Many credit him as being a top 10, top 5 rapper of all time, and many people say he was head above shoulders uh, in terms of his uh, generation coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, I am talking about the 18th letter, Rakim himself, and off of his 1988 album with his producer Eric B. Follow the leader, here is his single of the same name. So when we come back, we got you with the wanks of the week. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. Yeah. What's going on, people? It's your boy, Femi Lassen. And man, me. It's your man, Bo Pinto, at Bo Pinto. Jay Hood from the Toronto Argos. You are now tuned in. Cool. Cool. Radio 91.9 FM. It's an amazing interview. I had an amazing experience. I had an amazing time. The best radio show experiences I've had. Ever. Stay tuned for the hottest in news, hip-hop, entertainment, and everything. Every Thursday at 8 p.m. Big shout out to DM Cool. Good vibes. Love you, man. You're famous. I love it. Yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to the sounds of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It is your man, DM Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, you already know what time it is. It's your favorite segment of the show. Um, without further ado, who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame? Who has been crowned the captain of Coonery? Ladies and gentlemen, it is my honor to give y'all the Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week is no stranger to the WOW category. He is a Hall of Shame member of this category, and he is none other than Canada's own Justin Bieber. Now, Justin has been quiet for the last couple of years, so to speak. He's been trying to rehab his image of sorts, but I feel like... He is kind of he kind of took like a little misstep this past week in regards to that. Even though he, pardon me, he tried to I have a little something going on right now. Even though he tried to, but nonetheless, it was still a failed attempt. Uh, let me digress. So basically, Justin Bieber went on social media. That was his first mistake, and he basically let the fans know that he does not want to be objectified. Now, let me go into more detail about what he meant by that. So. He basically went to detail about how he doesn't prefer to take pictures with fans all the time. There's sometimes where he likes to, there's sometimes he doesn't like to. So let me give you some more insight on that based on some of the quotes that he made in his Snapchat post. So here's one of them right here, and I quote, If I'm walking somewhere or arriving somewhere and you guys are asking me to take a photo, if I don't respond, if I continue to keep walking, the likelihood is that I probably don't want to take a photo at the moment. If you start screaming louder, that's not going to make me take a photo more. So basically, he's saying all this as the camera isn't even on him. It's on like the streets and the road as he's driving in the car and what have you. So he doesn't even have the decency to even, you know, put his face in the camera as he's saying this. So uh, let me continue on. There's a bit more uh, that he said in regards to this. So here's another quote. And I quote one more time. I want to enjoy the moment like you're enjoying the moment, but I can't enjoy it if I'm not feeling there's any respect given to me that moment. Usually the chances are I'll take a photo, 
But if perhaps I don't or I'm not in the mood to take a photo at the moment, please just respect me and just treat me the way you want to be treated, he added. So, okay, I'm not too mad at that portion right there. That seems relatively reasonable, but I'm really trying my best to give him the benefit of the doubt. However, this last quote right here is what made me just kind of throw it all out. And he says one more time, it's just like, why do you travel to see me in the first place? Was it really to see me or was it to get that moment of you seeing me so you could tell people about it? Just remember, I'm not unattainable, unreachable, I'm just like you, and I communicate just like you. So next time, remember. Okay, here's the thing, Justin Bieber. Oh, my God. Okay, here we go. So you are basically an A-list celebrity. And when you are a celebrity, these are the things that you sign up for. Now, if you're not like that high level of a celebrity, like you're a D-list or C-list celebrity, you may not get this type of attention. But because you just so happen to have a ton of platinum hits and platinum albums to go with those hits, People are going to be running to you the moment they see you on camera or on site, whether you're doing something for e-network or you're on the beach or whatever the case may be. People are going to flock to you and be like, oh, my God, Bieber. Oh, my God. Picture, picture. So you have to be prepared for that. So for you to say, oh, there are times where I don't feel like taking pictures or, you know, I, I am not unreachable. I am not unattainable. You kind of are because to get to you, you kind of need to get through your manager, your publicist, your PR agent. There are a lot of people that you have to get through to get to someone of your caliber. So stop speaking to people as if you're the common man. Like, I understand you're trying to level with them. You're trying to gain some sense of humility. But at the end of the day, this is celebrity culture. If people see a celebrity that they are enthralled with, they're going to want to take a picture with you or have some sort of memento to commemorate the moment. And the final thing that he said about, um, oh, did you really just want to take the picture with me? Or, hold on, let me get to that quote one more time. Let me get to the quote. Um, It's like, why did you travel to see me in the first place? Was it really to see me or was it to get that moment of you seeing me so you could tell people about it? Why the hell are you trying to sound complex? You try to sound like some sort of bootleg uh, philosopher that has this big idea of of how the world works and how celebrities are to be conducted or how to be, you know, treated by the fans. Like, Justin Bieber, stop all the self-righteous bullshit because we're not believing it. At the end of the day, I do appreciate the fact that you have been quiet for the last couple of years to try and rehabilitate your image. But this, you know, almost, you know, self-righteous approach and trying to rehabilitate yourself isn't isn't going to uh, endear you to fans or to new fans for that matter. People are going to see you as some sort of little ignorant twat who doesn't know any better because he's rich and he's young and he doesn't know what to do with his money. So at the end of the day. We don't believe you. You need more people. Matter of fact, you need more than a few people. You need to be honest with yourself and really ask yourself why you're asking all these questions. I mean, for you to say, you know, it's like, why did you travel to see me in the first place? Was it really to see me or was it to get that moment of you seeing me so you could tell people about it? Negro, please. Why the fuck you lying? Why you always lying? Oh, my God. For real though, man, cut all the crap, man. Um, at the end of the day, do you deserve this wankster? Of course you do. So on that note, I'm about to drop on you right now, just like this. 
And that's all she wrote, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're going to cut things short a bit early on tonight's episode, but I do thank you for listening in on a regular basis, as you always do. Uh, make sure you catch all video clips of Cool Radio on our YouTube page. It's uh, Cool underscore Radio on YouTube. Also, to catch the full audio podcast of this show, make sure you go to SoundCloud.com slash Cool underscore Radio dash one to catch all of them. Follow us on SoundCloud and subscribe to us as well. We will be moving on to another platform very soon. It'll be iTunes. We'll be moving on to that very soon, I promise you. I'll give you an update on that as the details begin to unravel. Um, on top of that, follow us on Twitter at, D- at uh, cool underscore radio. And you can follow pr- me personally at DM underscore cool. Uh, next week's episode, we have comedian extraordinaire Malika Bryce, the sweet senorita, who will be making her second appearance on the show. She will be talking about uh, what she's been up to for the last couple of years since we've seen her and a whole bunch of other things in between. So make sure you keep it locked for that. And for those of you who don't know, just to, to remind y'all that Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank y'all for tuning in once again. And it's time for us to go. So with that being said, keep it gravy and wavy. We are out of here. Peace. <laughs>